Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring writer or artist and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field, along with past and current winners and a few surprise guests. Today's guest is Writers of the Future winner, Andrew Dykstall. Welcome, Andrew. It's good to be here, John. So first of all, congratulations on being a winner. Thanks. I'm thoroughly excited to be here. Okay, great. So um, how did you find out about the contest originally? Well, from the internet, the fountain of all knowledge. Uh, this year, I really started to get serious about hunting for good venues for publishing short fiction and found a resource called the Submission Grinder, which is basically a search engine specifically for short fiction publication. And the Writers of the Future contest fit the criteria I plugged in, so I did a bit of research, and it looked like a great opportunity. So I decided to give it a shot. Great. So um, have you always wanted to be a writer, or how how the writing bug hit you? Well, I think it infected me in stages. So I grew up reading and listening to a lot of stories. My parents both read to my sister and me when we were growing up. My dad used to say that the only reason he had children was so that he could read Lord of the Rings aloud to us. And when yeah. that trilogy was done, we were both going to be thrown headfirst into the snow. And it was Indiana, and I think that it was November when he said that. And we were getting toward the end of the last book, so it was not a threat to take lightly. So I grew up loving stories. I uh, didn't really start telling them very much, though, until speech and debate when I began doing events like impromptu speaking, where frequently you'll relate anecdotes, snippets of narrative to illustrate points, and discovered that I was actually fairly good at that. And then in undergrad, I uh, started to take the time to sit down, try to write short stories, but didn't think of it as, as a great career option, uh, more as, as a hobby until probably grad school, when I began to, to realize that I might actually have the ability to pull this off if I could dedicate the time. Mm -hmm. So with my ever-evolving career trajectory, I went from wanting to be an attorney to an academic. Right now I work in government contracting. Uh, finally found the free time to sit down and write seriously. And if I can make a living at it now, I would love to, now that I think I can find the, the network and the training to make it happen. Right. Good. So tell me a little about your story. Right. So Thanatos Drive is the story of a man named Alan Lee who sets off westward across a post-apocalyptic United States to try to find the doctor whose unique breed of medical malpractice led to the death of his family and might eventually lead to the end of the world all over again. Wow. So um, what was the inspiration for um, that? Well, the inspiration kind of came from all over the place. You read a bunch of different things, you experience different stuff in your life. Uh, in my case, I have a subconscious that's thoroughly out to get me. <laughs> so one element from this story came from a, a couple of rather vivid nightmares involving like a being made of all of these silvery wires that had somehow devoured the lives and memories of everyone I'd ever known and was now just sort of spilling them out in an incoherent and increasingly deranged mess. So all these different pieces eventually fit together. Uh, but I would say that the story really started with a desire to explore that kind of lost identity, the way that people can sort of begin to, to disappear into each other, depending upon how we think about the mind and how that functions, along with, you know, the customary interests of science fiction, right? The utopian imagination, right? How does the apocalypse look? Why is it the post-apocalyptic stories almost never involve bicycles, right? All these sorts of questions. And... You know, one of the fun Very things deep. about short fiction is you get to sit down and you get to play with all of them and see which ones will actually hang together in a story. 
Good. Well, it's a it's an amazing story. Obviously, you're one of twelve that actually won. And I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it. It's, yeah. It was a lot of fun to write. That's great. So, how many times did you, have you actually entered Writers of the Future? Uh, this is my second time entering the contest. Mm -hmm. I entered the third quarter of the same year, and I believe I was a semifinalist. Uh, so, it did a little bit better the second time around. A lot of bit better. So, um, any particular major influencers that you've had for yourself as a writer? Oh, absolutely. I, I read way too much. I, I should probably get more sunshine. Uh, growing up on science fiction, uh, absolutely the, the traditional ABCs of Asimov, Bradbury, and Clark, major influences. Larry Niven, who's going to be here this week, yeah. I'm thoroughly excited. His uh, short story collection, Convergent Series, was one that, that really made me realize what the short story can do, and specifically the science fiction short story. It tends to be more concept-oriented. Uh, so those are major influences within the genre. Uh, obviously grew up on Tolkien, right, on C.S. Lewis, on G.K. Chesterton. Uh, shifting more toward undergrad and grad school, the writers that I like to play with their, their styles a little bit more. Uh, Thomas Pynchon, Cormac McCarthy, a little bit more David Foster Wallace maybe than is actually healthy. I should probably eventually end my clauses. Uh, but what's wonderful about writing is you get to take all of these really different disparate voices and try them on for size, see which ones mm -hmm. work, see which ones let you explore which ideas. So definitely all of those figures. That's amazing. So this week at the workshop, you're going to have Obviously, Orson Scott Card, Tim Powers, and David Farland as your main instructors, and about 13 others on top of that. So, including you know Larry Niven, as you mentioned. So, um, any particular thing you're looking forward to learning or resolving at this workshop? Oh, definitely. Um, Tim Powers. Brief, brief note on Tim Powers. I went to one of my writer friends uh, several months ago with the, the germ of a story idea where I'd you know, just written the first couple of pages of something. I'm playing around with the outlines, directions to go. I said, I, you know, I've got this great idea, Virginia, for a story that involves fallen angels subsisting in radio transmissions. And she, of course, gives me this kind of funny look and says, there's, there's a book you should probably read before you sit down and write a novel about that. It's called Declare by Tim Powers. So I go and I read it, and of course, initially filled with anger that oh, I've been beaten to the punch, right? This great idea. Uh, but it was absolutely fantastic. It was a great read and mm -hmm. obliged me to take the story in kind of a different direction than I'd originally planned to. And what absolutely amazed me was the intricate interlacing of factual Cold War history with uh, extensive knowledge of mythology, mm -hmm. right? Judeo-Christian and Muslim theology and mythology. And it was absolutely fascinating to watch how deftly uh, Tim Powers is able to weave all of these threads together. So figuring out how to handle that sort of overabundance of research is something I, I plan to ask him some questions about, because that's the risk in doing that level of research for a novel is eventually you end up hemming yourself into a corner, right? On the one hand, additional knowledge is liberating. On the other hand, it can be a bit of a trap because with every new detail that you learn, if you're committed to factual accuracy, you close off a whole range of possibilities. And figuring out how to, to swim in those rather perilous waters is something that I would absolutely love to find out. I mean, one thing he told me is, I don't know if he still does this, he, he does three by five cards. <clears throat> and he, he lays them all out on his living room floor. And he, he moves them for that exact reason, or in part at least for that reason, he moves them around so he doesn't get himself into a corner. Because he does have, he'll research something that really did happen in fact. But there's a hole. Right. 
he fills the hole now and he weaves in, like I said, this other whole fantastical element that makes it go. And then you can end up with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep, exactly. Now, yeah. unfortunately, I share a house with four other people. So covering the living room in three by five cards, I, I might have to find like an analogous solution that'll work for that living space. But, for sure. But yeah, that chance to explore the gaps in history is yeah. always fun because there are plenty of gaps. Absolutely. And that's his specialty on that stuff in any different time period. Oh, yes. He'll do, yeah. he, can do, he can do current you can go hundreds of years ago. Yeah, well, one of his, his first books, if I remember rightly, was um, The Drawing of the Dark, right? The 1529 Siege of Vienna. And you know, there's a, a pivotal event in Western history. And apparently uh, it involved beer more prevalently than most of us realized. <laughs> there you go. Here's your theme. You can plenty of research. <laughs> so um, now Rise of the Future is... is one of the main purposes of that was when it was created by Elrond Hubbard originally was to provide that helping hand, paying it forward, um, a, an opportunity which doesn't otherwise exist for the aspiring writer and levels of playing field. What advice or what tip would you have for other aspiring writers as yourself? Well, certainly do the research on what you're trying to write and the audience to which you're writing. So for writers of the future in particular, uh, the uh, the coordinating judge, right, David Farland or Dave Wolferton, either way, uh, he's provided a lot of great writing advice on his website and entries on the Writers of the Future blog concerning what he's looking for. And that's a magnificently rare resource because frequently you go to the What Are We Looking For page for Short Story Magazine and you get some good generic advice, but it's comparatively rare that you find a lot of detail on what the editor is seeking in the fiction. And the Writers of the Future contest provides that. So it's a great opportunity to figure out how to write to a very, very specific audience and actually get a piece accepted. Uh, there are a lot of great stories to tell and there are a lot of great markets, but getting the two to match up with each other can be a bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. So this is a chance to give that a shot with a little bit more information than one usually has. Good. So, um, What's your plan down the road now? What's your, what do you see as the future for yourself with respect to writing? Well, I would absolutely love to make a living as a novelist. It's a real challenge to do that. The, the odds are long. But happily, uh, I have the time. You know, I have a nine-to-five job, and I have a couple of hours in the weekend, and, or in the, the end of the day, and Saturday mornings, and so on and so forth, and have that novel already written that's living in a drawer until I can take it out and write it better. Right. Working on another one at the moment that I hope to finish before the end of the year. And from that point, it's, it's a function of trying to find a market for it. Good. Well, I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. And uh, look forward to reading that novel when you finally get it out. <laughs> Thank you, John. Okay. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next installment of the Writers of the Future podcast. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Writers and Illustrators of the Future are contests created by Elrond Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to new and amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. 